Hey, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 173, the first episode of 2020. As always, I'm joined by Dom. It's a pleasure, a, a true pleasure, and an honor to be here with you, Jared. Thank you. Uh, no Jordan. Um, due to me getting some acid reflux, we had to kind of reschedule the podcast recording, so he wasn't able to make it for the first episode of 2020. But he'll be back next week when we talk about our personal favorite games of 2019 and declare our cumulative game of the year for controlled interest. So that'll be good. Anyways, as the first podcast of 2020, I felt it was right to maybe make some, you know, changes to the way we do the podcast and the format. Nothing drastic is changing. What do you say? I said we're blowing it all up. We're blowing it all up, starting from scratch. Kill the past. What we're going to do, so if you're familiar with the podcast you've been listening, normally the way it works is we, up front, we talk about what we've been playing, then we shift into news, then we shift into whatever the topic is, or maybe just another news story, depending on how um, important or dire that specific topic is for the week. And then at the end, we talk about what we're going to be playing before shifting to the closing of the show. So I felt that the what we're going to be playing section kind of didn't, really fit in with the rest of the podcast and kind of took away from the other discussions and i felt also that the news should be more up front so we can get to that because that stuff's like in the moment and i think some people might want to listen to just the news uh hear us you know react to the news and what's happening and whatever our topic is and not everyone cares about what we're playing and i understand that because even in the podcast i listen to i'm like i don't really care about what they're playing i want to hear the discussions and I don't want people to have to scroll through and find where the news talk starts. Even though I do make it pretty easy to understand on the actual video portion of it, but we also have audio listeners. So the way it's going to be working moving forward is we're going to start the show with news, get into the topic, and then at the end we're going to be talking about what we played. Uh, and there will no longer be a what we're going to be playing section. So we'll see how that works. And uh, yeah, hopefully it... Um, it gels well. I'm, I'm excited to you know shift things up. We've been doing this now for this is going to be our fourth year after Damn. March. So we started in March. Actually, yeah, we started March of 2016. Maybe that means hold on, March 2016 and 2017, 2017, 2018, 2018, 2019, 2019, 2020. So yeah, when we hit March, the first week of March, it'll be four years of us doing the podcast. Down, kind of crazy. But I like coming and doing it every week, at least most weeks. We miss a couple of weeks throughout the year. Uh, real quick before we head into the news, want to give a congratulations to friend of the show, Blessing Adioye Jr., who yeah. now is a member of Kind of Funny. Um, it's really, He was the first guest we ever had on this podcast, and he started the, his podcast after our podcast. The OKB uh, podcast started, I think, a couple of months after we did. Um, so that collaboration was super interesting and, you know, we're friends of blessing and we wish him the best and we're both, uh, we're speaking for Jordan too, who's not here. We're so excited that he landed that because he fits in so well and yeah, it's really cool. Right, Dom? I'm psyched. Plus, I mean, he's just, he's elevated, uh, their shows. I'll say that too. Yeah. So, uh, he's normally with us every E3 now that he's part of kind of funny, I don't know how easily that'll be to work out. He's I'll still cool try. School now. Yeah, I'll still try to get him on, but uh, just know that he's uh, on to what he. I think what he wanted to, to accomplish is work for IGN or kind of funny, and he landed, it and we couldn't be any happier for him. That being said, it's time to run into some video game news. Uh, this is the rundown. We're going to be talking about all the various news stories. Um, I guess we'll start off with this. Uh, some of these. We'll, we'll provide talking points for some of them are just interesting points and news that came out excuse me since it's a new year there's some you know end of year number things that popped up so those will um be in the section first up despite its revenue dipping 25 percent in 2019 fortnite was still 2019's top grossing game think about that imagine a game that can have its revenue dip a fourth <laughs> and it's still the top grossing game in a given year that just shows how much money Fortnite makes hand over fist. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, and think about this. GTA Online makes a ton of money, right? So think about Fortnite dropping a fourth of its revenue and it's still being on top of GTA. Imagine how much it was making before the 25% dip. It's incredible. It's astronomical numbers that they're making over there at Epic. It's, it's weird 
it's approaching something that I don't know if it has hap- quite happened before, right? Like, um, I mean, they, they had that whole weird Star Wars thing, and, like, apparently there was, you know, like, a big canon story beat from the new sequel trilogy that was premiered in Fortnite. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen the yeah. film yet, but, yeah. Fucking weird. It, and... I don't want to say desperate because that's too strong of a word, but there's going to be greater tactics they're going to have to use to pull in the mainstream. They'll always have that player base now. They're like Minecraft. Like once you get that big, you're going to have a stable of players who just play the game, right? Um, And just like Minecraft, it's going to be a lot of kids' first video game for years to come, right? Because it is parent-friendly. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do to hit the mass market once again and get in, in the eyes of people who necessarily don't pay attention to them on a daily basis. And we'll see how much that really matters to them in the long run with all this money they're making. Next up, in a film that uh, probably is never going to happen at this point, the Uncharted film lost its sixth director, Travis Knight, who, if you're not familiar, recently directed Bumblebee, which was pretty well-received. It's considered one of the better Transformer films. And he also did Kubo and the Two Strings, which is an award-winning claymation stop-motion uh, animated film that I have yet to see, but it's on my watch list and people adore it. He was set up to direct the Uncharted film, but he recently had a dropout because Tom Holland will be filming the third Spider-Man film in the summer of this year, and the scheduling conflict just didn't work out. And obviously, Travis Knight, who has done some really good stuff, films take so long to make that he can't just sit there and wait for Tom Holland right to finish filming Spider-Man 3 to get a jump on this Uncharted film. So the schedules just didn't work out and he had to drop out. So who knows if we'll ever see this film. I think I'm in the minority of people. Also considering I've never played, I've played an Uncharted game. I've never finished it uh, or anything close to that. I like that Tom Holland got, that got a cast in this. You know, depending on the day, I can tell you whether or not I feel as if this movie needs to exist or should it exist. But at this point, it's like it's in a worse shape than the Flash movie, which recently also got an update. Um, but... Yeah, this Uncharted film, don't hold your breath on it ever happening. We're more likely we're more likely to get like a Bloodborne animated film on Netflix than this movie at this point. So uh, but that oh man, how cool. I mean, we almost have that, right, with that Castlevania series. That's Yeah. And I'm currently watching the second season, so that's where I, that's where my brain pulled yeah, that yeah. from. <laughs> I'm like, that's "Oh yeah, cool. that'd be dope." No, this um, Uncharted nonsense. I don't, it's never going to we'll, we'll never watch this movie. Call yeah, me. we're never going to see it. Um, let Tom Holland do other stuff. Uh, he's a very good actor, man. Speaking of real quick, a uh, quick tangent, uh, ever so often, because I'm such a, a Marvel shill and comic book nutcase, shill. I like to go walk. Uh, I like to go back and watch the scene from infinity war where the snap happens and everyone disappears simply for the fact that I'm not kidding you, Dom. I've watched the scene between iron man and spider-man when Peter's saying, uh, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. I've watched yeah. that scene like 10 times, and my eyes water every time I watch it. And it's so weird because I don't have like any emotional baggage with my dad or anything. We have a great relationship. He's not dead or you know anything like that. But for some reason, that scene just gets me, man, over and over. And I don't know if it's Holland's acting and, and you know, ugh, so good. I think you got you to gotta owe a lot of it too, uh, to, to um, Iron Man, right? Because, I mean, his reaction to like, like he can't do anything about it, and he just has to watch this yeah. kid just fucking evaporate. Uh, spoilers, um, <laughs> well, right, right in his arms. Long, yeah, yeah. Um, and so like his like you can just see it on his face too, um, of just like abs- like just helplessness of like I I want more than anything to do something, but it, I can't. Like yeah, that's a that's a heartbreaking moment, very memeable too, as we saw. <laughs> yeah. But God, that movie, that, that movie in general is so good. And that scene just kills me. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a, this is news that it isn't surprising to us because we've covered this so much, Dom, but the clarification I think is what's interesting. So in a recent interview, head of Xbox game studios, Matt booty, shout out to the booty has confirmed that there won't be Xbox series X exclusives for at least a year or two. Now, the headline can be a little bit misleading if you don't understand what exactly they're saying. They're not saying that Xbox isn't releasing Xbox exclusives. What they're saying is all of their exclusives in the first two years of the Series X coming out will also release on previous platforms going all the way back to the original Xbox One. 
And what he's saying is you'll have to wait at least a year or two before we start ushering out some of those older consoles. If I was to be a betting man, I would bet that in the first year they'd usher out the Xbox One, and then in the second year they'd usher out the Xbox One S, right? So by the third year, you can play on either your Xbox One X or on your Series X, you know, sans any other series console that they release like the lock cart right so oh, okay. we assumed that moving forward because xbox stated so that they won't release games solely on the new next gen console that they'll also be released on previous platforms we never had a timeline of when they'd start phasing things out or if they would him saying this at least lets us know that yes they are going to eventually phase things out which was a question we had right we weren't sure if they were ever going to phase things out but him saying this says, shows that that is a plan they have moving forward, and he gives us a slight timeline for it, right? A very vague timeline. Yeah, this was interesting because we knew at least initially, or indefinitely, like you mentioned, that they were gonna everything was gonna come out on both game or on both uh, consoles, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't know for how long um, or what that. I don't know. It, it was always a little bit odd and vague, and we didn't know quite how that would function. So this clears that up a bit, and I think overall it's a really good approach. Um, oh yeah i myself wouldn't prefer it when i think of like going into or it's already 2020 so in in 2020 now i'm thinking um like horizon zero dawn 2 right that's we all assume is going to be a, a ps5 game or a gears of war the next gears of jesus god of war the next god of war is going to be a ps5 game right i don't want those games to also come out on ps4 um rather that that sounded bad the way i worded that i don't want those games to be built also for ps4 yeah um i want them to be built from the ground up just for ps5 right um because theoretically that's better hardware and that's they'll be able to create a better experience uh technically with that um of course that cuts off all ps4 owners so it's not quite as consumer friendly from that perspective people who haven't bought the new console yet uh won't get to play them uh until they you know fork over the four or five hundred bucks or whatever um so that's like my kind of like personal selfish perspective but i think overall like microsoft is thinking like this is more of a, a phased approach uh coming into a new generation um that doesn't cut out so much of the existing uh console base uh as they as other you know as companies have done in the past so i i think it's a good move for a lot of people and well, people will appreciate it to play devil's advocate and you're not alone in that sentiment right of like mm -hmm. yeah they're going to be building it for multiple SKUs, and you know form uh, forms and all that stuff but the difference between playstation and xbox is we already currently have all xbox exclusives coming to pc so they're already being built with the back end of it being able to play at different resolutions and different performances right because all xbox exclusives come to pc that's just how it is playstation doesn't have that all of playstation's exclusives first party anyways are built from the ground up for that specific console right so moving forward with Xbox Series X and these games also coming out on last-gen consoles, for Xbox specifically, because their games already come to PC and are made to be on PC, I don't see it as that much of an issue. You know what I mean? I, I, it's just that if it wasn't the case for Xbox currently, I could see the issue of them now having to make their games for all these varying versions, but they already kind of do. You know? You understand what I'm trying to say there? I, I think so. So... Even then, your PC ports or port, whatever you call it, um, is go it comes out on PC with like you know a minimum recommended spec, right? Yes. So that would be kind of uh, the same thing there. So it would just be like raising that bar of what that minimum recommended spec is of like what it can run on. I guess. I guess like we already we had like the mid gen upgrades this last console cycle, right? Yeah. Where oh yep, uh, the games will work on both. Uh, you know xbox one and xbox one x frame rate resolution way higher uh, on the on the newer uh, iteration but it's the same game it was built to run on both um i just would prefer like to take a larger leap forward and you know create something that they couldn't create on the old, old hardware entirely not just um that they couldn't create it with a lower resolution but like it just wouldn't be possible technically at all i guess yeah, and that's a whole conversation in terms of 
what is next gen going to bring? Is it just going to be visual fidelity or are we going to get other things on top of that? Right. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's, we're saying a year or two is pretty early on in the console's life cycle. We're not going to be getting a whole lot of exclusives from either side on those first two years. We'd assume maybe four from both at best, like triple a big games, right? At least two a year. Yeah. The uh, actual impact of the, of the implication or the statement here from, from our boy booty. Um, yeah, you're right. That's not going to be that many games. Uh, exactly because it's just the microsoft first party games right because and, and this already happens right where like third party studios are they're going to make games probably for both right there's going to be a call <laughs> exactly. of duty on both uh for probably three years and obviously the sports games for five or six years or whatever right so um the the way they do that i don't know it's probably not at some point they're building separate games they're not like building one game um yeah. and then lowering the resolution for the old systems it's probably totally separate efforts but yeah i think at the end of the day, like one to two years isn't really that long anyway. So like you're going to get eventually what I'm hoping for, um, which is like, yeah, games built ground up for Series X, right? That only are possible on it, that piece of hardware, nothing lower. So that still is going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, the one or two years is a surprise because we thought this could possibly be in perpetuity. They would just, for the whole life cycle of the Series X, they would come out on all the previous you know, consoles. So the fact that he's giving this timeline is like, no, we're going to be phasing stuff out. Don't worry. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, next, I'll up, be so interested to see too. Cause so you mentioned like that they might start phasing out consoles uh, one by one. Right. So eventually there would be games that work on one X and series X, yeah. but nothing before that. I was think I hadn't even considered that. I just assumed that eventually it's going to be like series X only. And they're going to cut off both Xbox ones entirely. You know what I mean? I think that'll um, eventually happen. I just think the Xbox One is so far behind in terms of power to even the S that they have to cut that as soon as possible and then make the S the baseline, right? And then the X is so much more of a leap to the S and then the Series X is so much of a leap from the X, you know? So mm -hmm. Yeah, so they can keep it going. They can keep the 1X going for longer than the 1S. Uh, yeah, so I, I'll be curious to see how that plays well, out. But that does make not sense. Even... I hadn't thought of it. We're also not even considering how slow a lot of people take on the new generation and how many people just want to – they don't really care about, oh, it's a new generation, right? And how sales will affect that for Xbox. We're like, no, these new games are also coming out on the S and the X. Like You can pick up those for really cheap now and hop in. You know, It'll be interesting to see how that whole, whole thing plays out, especially mm -hmm. with Game Pass because like with your Xbox Series X, the day you buy it, if it comes within, we assume, at least – a free month of game pass right that means that you get to play halo infinite just for buying the console you know what i mean because it's going to be on game pass mm -hmm. so it's going to be crazy to see how all of that shakes out something else that's crazy wme montreal if you remember gave us a slight tease back in september days before uh, a state of play <laughs> teasing this court of owls game um that we assume is going to be revealed at some point well this week they revealed a series of in images that look like factions in the game or a game we still assume it's a court of owls because their teases have been so apparent as to what it is and they're different factions one of them looks like the gotham uh police department and i forget what the other one is but people are just wondering what this like why are they doing it this way it's so odd um people assume that oh maybe we'll see it in the playstation 5 reveal event right it'll be one of the show pieces or maybe it'll be at the xbox inside xbox reveal event or maybe it'll just be a random thing. At this point, this is probably one of the worst breadcrumb type teases I've seen in a while. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> because, so if they would release that image and then that state of play or even Game Awards, they would have had Batman. I The Game Awards would have been a little bit too long in the tooth, but people would have still been stoked to see it, right? Now we're at the point like, oh, you're showing us more images? Why? Like, just show us the game already, right? Because we've gone so long without a Batman game. Because, and you know, just like with PlayStation Xbox, these fandoms run deep. And there's people who saw Spider-Man come out. And they're like, oh, that game, people are loving it. I'm not really a Marvel guy. I'm not really a Spider-Man guy. I want to get back to playing those Arkham games I love. And then they see this tease, <laughs> you know, for this game. They're like, where is it? Um, one of the coolest rumors I saw is that those factions relate to kind of the system that was in the shadow of games, the Lord of the Rings games, mm -hmm. and that this will be the first Batman game to take on the Nemesis system, which purely by saying Batman, Ar Batman Arkham with Nemesis system, get my, get, get my $60. Yeah. <laughs> you oh, got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me oh. too. It's, it's so, 
it's so obvious, right? And the design work was already done for you in uh, with uh, Shadow of More War. Um, that was intentional. Uh, so yeah, again, it fits perfectly in a in a Gotham universe or whatever Arkham universe. Like, yeah, like it's already like, and I think it actually makes those games better narratively because it's always felt um, superhero games like they always have that kind of weird feeling of like, boy, there sure are sure are a lot of thugs or followers of this weird <laughs> or whatever it is that just are just endless, right? Where are these guys coming from and why are they so like down for Team Two Face or Team Penguin, right? It's like just kind of can't it's hard to narratively justify the volume of them and spider-man too like there's so many criminals and you know where are they coming from and what's going on with them this adds structure and uh narrative like justification to like what's going on there and obviously the gameplay around it is is awesome and uh i just hope that that's what's going on because that'd be cool the other suggestion um i saw was something similar to um what they did with assassin's creed odyssey where you kind of are uncovering all the cult members um oh yeah i can't remember who suggested they do that but that <clears throat> that would be a really cool system too because the court of owls is a uh, plays you know, entirely like a, into that <laughs> exactly that it's like so it's also perfect because that's like hidden you know members of this like secret society cult thing i don't know the court of Owls story um but i just have a basic idea of it and like these are people that would be out in public but you wouldn't know they're also a part of this organization right so that's like exactly what assassin's creed did like you could do that too there's just this game is just primed like just take you know what i mean just take these ideas and just execute it and just do do a jedi fallen order and take ideas that already exist and just apply them safely and you're gonna get, make a game that everyone's gonna love it's i hate to say like an easy win but it's a lot of the work is done for you here i would just love to as if in combat scenarios certain things can happen depending like on the environment or how you interact with it or fight the character with the nemesis system that like 15 hours into the game your bane is different than my bane you know what i mean right yeah. and we're dealing oh, with slightly different threats they still have like maybe the same dialogue and there's still the, the narrative elements but maybe the actual aesthetic appearance and their move sets or how they interact with you in terms of aggressiveness changes based on your previous interactions with them Oh, it, it writes itself. That's why this tease yeah. and everything is so yeah. disappointing. Because, like, we're hearing about all these possible things. Just show me the game already. Same thing with the Harry Potter game that leaked. WB, in general with your games, just show us the goddamn games already. Obviously, that one wasn't their fault. It was a weird leak thing. But it's, it's so funny that WB was ahead of Marvel in terms of video games, right? With the Arkham series. And, obviously, Marvel's way ahead in the films. Um, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Uh, but now with the games, do, do we Spider really care? Man, yeah. Does anyone, do we really care about the Snyder Cut? No, it's just a joke. I could care less. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just a joke. Uh, <laughs> meme for meme's sake. Uh, now with Spider-Man coming out, DC fans are like, well, our crutch is our video games. Where are our video games? And yeah, they just need to re reveal this game already, man. Get to it. Uh, next up, we had leaked photos of a PlayStation 5 dev kit which seemingly all but confirmed that Sony patent we saw for the DualShock 5 where it's a little bit thicker in the trunks on the actual like handles of the controller. So it's virtually a DualShock 4. It just has a little bit more of the handles of an Xbox One controller with an additional button on it. Um, no news there, really, just a slight confirmation on what we had assumed was actually the DualShock 5. Um, next up, at CES 2020, Sony was there and they had, you know, see the future or whatever. And people, for some reason, assumed they were going to show PlayStation 5, which CES is all about future tech and electronics. So future is kind of like the tagline for everyone that goes there, right? Just a weird insinuation on people's part. But we did get the PS5 logo, which looks exactly as you'd expect it to. <laughs> Surprise, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the cool thing is they released some updated numbers for PlayStation 4. So PlayStation mm -hmm. 4 currently sits at 106 million units sold. Awesome. PS4's, uh, that's PS4 sold. PSVR is at 5 million, which is around what I assumed it would be at. Um, I think all of us kind of assumed yeah. it would be that. It's It sounds small. I mean, especially compared to that first number you said. But yeah. for VR units, that's as good as anyone has done. So I don't know if that's necessarily, if that speaks well to the future of VR or PSVR necessarily. It's kind of hard to judge from our perspective. But I guess the fact that they're bragging about it is probably good. I want it. I want to see that number compared to, and I'll probably do research at some point. 
uh, in comparison to the Oculus, right, or the Vive, because mm-hmm. it is a small number in comparison. But if you compare it to other VR units, is it number one? Right? Is five million the most oh, selling yeah. VR unit? So we we know it's number one. Like Oculus okay. Quest, like the newest one. So it's going to be lower. But the 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 other one is like only four hundred thousand. Gotcha. Um, okay. And I think the Vive and the regular Oc- Oculus may have approached like one or two million, but. I'm going to have to validate what I'm saying, but I know that <laughs> PSVR is well ahead of the others. Okay. But I, I believe you on that. Yeah. If that means it's succeeding necessarily or not. Um, and it's just because it isn't a super consumer friendly product yet, right? All of the cords and, you know, there's not yeah. really a, a, you know, people argue some killer apps, don't get me wrong, like Astrobot, but more con- like wide ranging, uh, you know, it's not uh, very accessible. Apps. Exactly. And lastly, 38.8 uh, million PS Plus subscriptions. Um, so almost half of all PS4 PS4 sold have a PlayStation subscription. Obviously, there could be multiple PlayStation Plus subscriptions on the same console or more than that. So uh, you can't really equate those numbers too much. But it's still an awesome number. Almost 40 million PlayStation Plus subscribers is a lot of dough. Um, next up. This is something that got me excited. Obviously, next week we're going to be talking about our favorite games of 2019. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is going to be high on my list. I haven't sat down and done my list yet, but I know it'll be near the top, I'd assume. Who knows when I actually sit down. I know you actually really enjoy the game as well, Dom. The head and co-founder of Respawn, Vince Zampella, will now also be the head of DICE LA. If you're not familiar with DICE LA, they're more of a support studio. They help DICE and other EA studios basically get their games to the finish line. Now he's basically heading up that studio. They're rebranding. They're changing the name. They're going to actually be their own studio now. And he's doing all of this in anticipation of their first unannounced game. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Vince Ampella, he was at Activ- uh, sorry, not Activision, Infinity Ward for a long time working under Activision on Call of Duty. He helped lead and produce the most nostalgic and beloved of the call of duty games for a lot of people call of duty 4 modern warfare was the one that kind of kicked off the whole multiplayer craze for that series he then left started respawn made titanfall which is a hell of a game titanfall 2 which is even more of a hell of a game and in 2019 they released two game of the year contenders and fantastic titles in apex legends and in star wars jedi fallen order so he has a really good track record some could say he's never really made a bad game at least with respawn <laughs> you know when you when you look at it haven't and, thought about that it's a good point <laughs> and uh yeah like Titanfall wasn't an incredible game but if you think about when it came out near the launch of the console right for the xbox one and what it did and it made it made mech games accessible because mech games for the longest time have always been japanese centric gundam style games that usually have lower budgets and don't appeal to a lot of people and Titanfall made it like a triple A shooter for Call of Duty and Battlefield players, right? So he actually went on to say that the new studio name he wants to give the developer with the new studio name, he wants to give the developers, quote, a new image. We want people to say this is a destination you can go and make new content, unquote. To me, he's saying, you know, we as Respawn are different than EA. We don't have to use the, the Frostbite engine. People are actually excited to come work with us. EA as a publisher has a stigma. DICE kind of has a stigma now as a studio. So rebranding them and letting them be their own thing and shine will help them bring in better talent, which is always great. And he also says that uh, the... I'm trying to see here. Already covered the unannounced stuff. Oh, here's the other thing. People were worried that when this was announced, what's going to happen to Respawn, right? With Vince handling both of these studios now as the head, what's going to go on with Respawn? They came out and clarified uh, the director of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Stig Asmussen, who's kind of followed Vince Ampella along his journey as well. He'll oversee all of the studio's narrative-driven projects. So what we can assume is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, among other things, right? Possibly a Titanfall 3 in the future. Uh, and Chad Greenier will direct everything Apex Legends. Obviously, that free-to-play game is a huge hit for them. It takes somebody to lead that with future DLC updates and events and all that stuff. So studio is still in good hands with Vince overseeing this other other studio. Um, I think this is great. I think Vince is known and established for being able to make things that people enjoy. And he understands because he now has a seat at the table with EA. 
he can kind of do his own thing and he doesn't need to be held to everything that ea forces their other developers to do right because he's gone against the grain with them and he's proven it works right the games sell well they monetize well without all these crazy macro transactions and they're well-made games so i'm happy for dice la i'm glad they're going to get their own identity what do you think about this move do you think it was smart for ea to put a proven person like zampella on this absolutely um yeah spread spread him around like <laughs> within ea right <laughs> ea needs to uh have all its studios take take a lesson from from him i mean I especially appreciated uh, before Fallen Order came out, right? Um, I don't know if it was him or someone, like a, a studio rep or whatever from Respawn, said like, yeah, this game won't have any microtransactions. It's, and it's entirely single player. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, well, well I'll believe it when I see it, right? Coming from, e, from an EA studio. But it, that's exactly what it was. And it was a great game too. Um, and that's like, was surprising that, yeah, an EA studio head was like, say something like that it kind of goes against what all the other ea studios uh have been doing so yeah like get his influence all over i'm in for it especially while they have a star wars uh exclusivity thing going on <laughs> exactly and the thing with this new studio is they could be making they can make a new ip they could also be making a different type of star wars game we don't know right but um mm -hmm. could just, be making skate obviously we're not game developers <laughs> <laughs> but I could imagine working at a support studio isn't as rewarding Glamorous. as yeah. working on your own game, right? Your own project. Mm -hmm. Like it's cool. You get to help other people and you're working on something that could possibly be a great game, but you weren't there in the thick of thin of it of like from the ground up making this your project, your baby. So for them to get that chance is awesome. And with Vincent Pell in the lead, I think he'll steer them in a great direction. I hope we're probably going to see EA back at E3 this year. I hope that they let that studio have a time to shine if they have something really cool to show, right? We'll see. Who knows? They might not even do a thing this year. EA is so weird with E3 nowadays. Um, lastly, this is the, t the topic of the show. Uh, I want to talk to you. I know you don't really super care about Pokemon, uh, Dom, but... There was some announcements this week in terms of expansion passes that I thought was an interesting talking point because of fan reaction to it and just the way video games are headed, you know, and Nintendo's direction with DLC as we've seen with, you know, Breath of the Wild having DLC, which is a, a strange thing for Nintendo, like to have that type of stuff. So if you're unfamiliar, those listening and or watching, uh, Game Freak announced via Pokemon-centric Nintendo Direct on January 9th that they would be releasing an expansion pack consisting of two separate expansions releasing in 2020 at a price of 30 bucks. So there's the Sword Expansion Pass and the Shield Expansion Pass, and in each of those are the Isle of Armor and Crown Tundra. Now the first, Isle of Armor, will release in June 2020, and the other, Crown Tundra, will land in Fall 2020. So they're spread out pretty nicely, one in the middle of the year, one towards the end. Both will feature uh, expansive areas uh, and the controllable camera featured in the wild area. We had talked about this before, Dom, that people had always wanted to be able to control the camera with the right stick, and you haven't really been able to do that with Pokemon. But in the wild area, in the new Pokemon games, you were able to do that for the first time, right? Well, in both of these new expansions, the entire area that you, in the DLC, you use the camera. Which leads me to what I had told you guys before, that I think this was testing ground for possibly the next mainline game or maybe even the remix or whatever they plan to do that it'll be that. in the entire game right that it'll just be a part of the game as a feature so they will also add over 200 pokemon that weren't already available in the galar region now this is regular pokemon from previous generations this is galar forms so new forms of older pokemon they didn't uh specifically say it but i'd assume there would also be some other new pokemon right that we haven't seen before and also uh you know this kind of helps the whole national decks fiasco that happened on twitter with people being mad that the whole pokedex wasn't in the game and that they're reusing models so why don't they take the time yada 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 anyways so the i'm going to explain to you specifically what both of these expansion passes uh in you know involve specifically so the isle armor which is the first one uh it's an island off the coast of the gala region and there's a new legendary pokemon called cub Fu, who's essentially a martial arts bear type of pokemon right and it's just like a little baby bear Pokemon. It's cute, whatever. Uh, it evolves into this thing called Urshifu, 
uh, which is uh, it's also like a like a martial arts inspired kind of bear type of looking Pokemon. For me personally, in my taste, Dom, this is one of like the coolest, most badass looking Pokemon I've ever seen. It's just uh, I don't know. I just love the aesthetic of it. It has two different forms it comes in. So when you evolve the little bear thing, you can choose which one it evolves into, right? One of them is more uh, multiple strike focus and the other one's more of like a one hitter quitter, right? Like big, powerful blows. And you can kind of choose which one you want. Anyways, the Isle of Armor is like a dojo adventure based experience where you find this dojo. You have a master who is a former Pokemon champion and you kind of work your way up the ranks in the dojo with this little fighting bear pokemon at your side among your other pokemon team right so that's pretty cool it's pretty interesting they shut off some other stuff in it but that's pretty much the focus is this kind of dojo environment uh very much inspired by like feudal japan right which is really odd when you compare it to the uk kind of aesthetic of the gala region the second one the crown tundra is essentially that it's a tundra uh, but it's more its baseline is colder environments because you can get so snow and stuff in the regular wild area but this seems like it's default is snow and ice right and they showed off a lot of puzzles in it and they also showed off dynamax battles which are like the raid multiplayer raids but they take place in caves in this one against legendary pokemon from past games and they also you remember the legendary birds from Kanto, Zapdos, Articuno, Moltres. Remember those guys, Dom? The I yellow, remember. red, and blue birds. Yes. Okay. I was yeah. thinking of Ho Ho and. Oh no no. Ho -Oh, uh, yeah. The, the... Ho Ho. <laughs> ho -Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Ho -Ho -Ho. <laughs> I knew that. Uh, yeah. They teased Galar variants of them. Uh, two of them look kind of dumb. The Articuno one looks really cool. So they're obviously new looks at older Pokemon and different typing. The weirdest thing is the last thing they showed was a new legendary uh, looks like a rodent or a mammal of some kind that floats in the air. It has these balls around its neck that kind of look like a giant pearl necklace, but they have Triforces on them. I'm not kidding you. They have like Legend of Zelda Triforces on them. All right. And okay. the Take, just tone it down with Triforces. This is Pokemon. Let's not let's not get excited. about. Well, no, I'm not getting excited. I'm just saying it's weird. It's, the legendary Pokemon is yeah. called Calyrex. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's also green and gold colored. <laughs> That's why it's like so weird that it has like Triforces on it or whatever. I've never been a huge legendary Pokemon guy at always Just, I'm not that type of person because it's like, it ruins the, the world for me and immersion of like, well, if there's only one of them in existence, how come somebody can trade them? And then like, why? Yeah, it's a whole thing. I've just never been a huge legendary guy. The reason I want to talk about it, though... Oh, last thing. Pokemon Home is coming in February 2020, which is like the bank service where you can save your Pokemon. This will be the way where people can get their Pokemon from the 3DS to the Switch now, which is really cool for people who care about that stuff. Ooh, question, though. So, uh, so that... Um, so people were initially upset that in Sword and Shield, you couldn't get all of, all of the legacy Pokemon, right? Like, they didn't exist yeah. in that game. So does Pokemon Home allow for... I mean, how does that work? Can you get like you? So I'll explain to you. You can. Okay. So I have a pretty huge Pokédex. I haven't fully completed it, but I have a lot of the Pokémon. Right? Like out of the nine hundred, mm -hmm. ever I think I have like close to seven hundred. Maybe. I think wow. I'm being a little generous there. Maybe like six fifty or six hundred. Anyways, I can transfer any and all Pokémon I have in PokéBank, which is Pokémon Home, but for 3DS, right? Different name. I can transfer all of those to Pokémon Home, but. I can only transfer whatever Pokemon are available in Sword and Shield to Sword and Shield. Okay, that so makes sense. When I go to transfer, they'll kind of be like, like a blanked out. You know what I mean, like blurred or something, so I can't actually click on them. Right. So they would yeah. have had to actually make that asset in the game. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you have it in your bank or not. Gotcha. But with the expansion pass, they are adding more poke, two hundred more Pokemon. So there will be a wider range of characters you can bring over. And Poke Home makes it so it's easier to complete the national decks and stuff because you already have all of these guys, right? One of the pains with a new Pokemon game is like, to you shouldn't have to go out and catch Pokemon you've already caught. That doesn't make any sense, right? So Pokemon Home and these type of systems allow you to be like, when I finish with the game and I'm working on completing the Pokedex, I can transfer in all of the Pokemon I've already caught, and I can just work on all the new ones, right? 
it makes it more it makes it more fun and less tedious for people who are trying to complete the Pokedex because then you're only searching for the new Pokemon that you can explore and evolve and figure all that stuff out and you're not worrying about oh I have to catch another Mudkip or another you know um, Magic Carp and then I have to evolve it to level twenty to Gyarados and it makes it just a pain and it makes it not worth it. Um, some can say the whole grind of getting the national decks completed is not worth it. Anyways. The reason I want to talk to you about this, I know you're not a huge Pokemon guy, is that in previous generations, we've had one or two things with Pokemon. So, it was either a third version of the game that would come out that would change up the narrative and add some new things to the game. Obviously, we had, uh, with Red and Blue, we had Yellow, which also introduced Pokemon that followed you. Uh, and you got Pikachu instead of one of the original three starters, yada, yada, yada. You could say that for Crystal or Platinum for other generations. Crystal? Man, that... That was the last one I played uh, fully, and that that was a that was an awesome game. Or Emerald, right? Then with Black and White, we literally got full on sequels. Black and White, we got Black and White Two, mm. which is its own thing individually. Then with Sun and Moon, we got Ultra Sun and Moon, which were the same mm. games but with bonus content. All of these games costed the same MSRP as the original versions of the games, right? So Ultra Sun and Moon were both $60, just like the originals. Whatever the prices of red and blue or yellow was the same price. Sapphire and ruby, emerald was the same price, yada, yada, yada. So with this, this is something entirely new where it's an expansion pass that's adding into the game already. And it's a two-part thing. So one, it's $30 and you're getting all of this stuff and you don't have to buy another game, right? So it's half the price, but you're still getting all of that content. People are complaining that why are they charging $30 for DLC? Which is hilarious to me because it's like, yeah, they're charging $30 instead of $60. You know what I mean? Normally, they'd have you pay twice the price and play the game again to get the bonus content. You understand what I'm saying? And with this, they're just like, no, it's added on content after you beat the game for half of the price, right? So that, that whole argument blows my mind. I'm like, you're actually saving money this way. I don't understand why you think they're nickel and diming you. You were yeah. kind of getting nickel and dime before. Sounds like the better model. Um, I actually had one question. So there's okay. two DLC packs. Um, if you have either of the, uh, either sword or shield, can you buy both DLC packs? No. So you have to buy the one specific to your game. So I'll, I'll give you okay. an example. Gotcha. Say you own shield, I own sword. Okay. Mm-hmm. I buy the sword expansion pass. You buy the shield expansion pass. Obviously, we can't buy each other's. Mm-hmm. And ours are slightly different, just like the base games, which I actually like because it means that you're also getting another reward for picking the side you chose instead of both of us getting the same DLC. I, there's an argument for the other side. I'm not saying I'm right in that, but I like it because of that. For the dojo thing, right, that I explained to the little bear cub, your main rival in it would be a different trainer than my main rival. Different mm. character completely, okay. which I like. Um, because it even it's, I think it helps separate the games even more, right? It's even yeah. more of a reason why they're different than one another. Why and you not need just... both. Or exactly. Both. Yeah. Or it just makes you feel prouder for the version you picked, right? It's kind of like that fanboy sure. stance of like, oh, no, Shield's better because of this or this. So I, I'm i for this model for Pokemon moving forward with DLC. I would much rather pay $30 for two pieces of, of content. My only gripe would be, I wish you could buy one. I wish you could buy Isle of Armor without having to buy the second one. I understand why they wouldn't let you buy the second one and not the first one. That doesn't make any sense. But I wish that they would let you buy the first one for half price, see if you like it, and then whether or not you want to take a chance with the second one, right? I don't like necessarily having to buy the whole expansion pass at once. I kind of like letting consumers choose, but I get it. Mm. Um, And yeah, I don't want to play through another game again. So... Emerald or Yellow, they had some really cool... I mean, Yellow especially, because it was much like the anime, right? And less like the actual video games uh, in terms of its story. You had to it's start still, over. The same thing. Exactly. You had to play through the yeah. same game. I love this because it adds on to it, and it makes me want to actually play the bonus content. You know, a lot of times I didn't buy that third version because I already played the base game, and the, the bonus content yeah. wasn't enough to it's have me go on and buy another game. Exactly. This actually, I think, is smarter because you have a higher chance of people buying your DLC. I think you have a higher chance of people paying 30 bucks for a game they already loved than $60 for a brand new retail game, right? That's my assumption. That's what I would think from a, a marketing standpoint is it's easier to sell this to people for half the price and they don't have to do anything but just download it, right? Yeah. Um, that, that, and the cool I thing, mean, too, is 
the day they announced this, the so the two characters we'd have differently at the dojo, they were in an update. They came to a location in the Galar region. You can go and talk to them, and you can actually have a chance to catch uh, a new Pokemon from the expansions, which is a Galar version of Slowpoke, the pink idiot, like, pig dog-looking thing. Um, I like that stuff because it already gets you excited for the DLC because the DLC is already affecting the game you're in, right? I thought that was a really nice touch to have that character be in there the day they announced it. Hi. I just, I like this this format moving forward for Pokemon. I hope they stick with it. I'm glad that you're kind of receptive in the same way of like, yeah, this makes way better sense. Um, I mean, this is that this is you know much closer to like how most other modern DLC functions, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> what this all reminds me of, especially after you uh, reminded me of like how the old, uh, how they used to do with Pokemon games is. Um, what they're doing with Persona 5 uh, Royal, whatever they're calling it. Um, and I might be wrong, but from what I understand, that's a brand new game. Well, yep. well rather, it's a new SKU. Um, so you can't buy just the add-on content. You have to buy this new game that is again. <laughs> 80% you know, the same game you already played. And this is a giant-ass game. So you would have to yep. play through the whole thing again to access the majority of the extra content. And like, and, that co- and that's another $60 game. Like, that's bonkers. Why not just sell a $30 chunk of DLC that just you can go right in? And no it's one seems like, to care that much about it. And I'm like, that's wild. Why would anyone be into this? <laughs> it's like they're selling it. They're selling a game of the year edition before even releasing the DLC. That's right. what it is. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. And so normally the game of the year editions have all the DLC packed in, right? Or you could buy it right. separately. This is like we're releasing DLC in the game of the year edition, essentially the royal edition, yeah. but we're not releasing it separately. <laughs> so it's it's more akin to what Pokemon used to do. Um, it just it's the same color, whereas Pokemon at least gave you a new color, <laughs> crystal. And, or yeah, and cool. this <laughs> is this is the 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 good parts of casualizing the franchise that I like, right? Mm-hmm. Not forcing these players to go and play through another thirty to forty hour game to get to the bonus content. They're like, no, we know your time is valuable in the modern age. Thirty bucks, you can jump into it. It's after the game, or not after the game because you can probably jump into it whenever you buy the DLC. But yeah, the the malice and hatred, I think, still stems from the whole National Dex thing, and it's a mm-hmm. thing that we see on the internet where people just want to be mad, right? Yeah. Rise of Skywalker, I had my issues with it, but there's people who went into that movie wanting to hate it no matter what, and mm-hmm. they came out hating it because that's just what they wanted to do. And I think with this, people are going into this direct being like, unless they announce that all of the Pokemon are getting added back to Sword and Shield, I'm going to be pissed off. Let me find a reason to be mad, you know? And that's just how it is. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, though, like, that's all it is is it's just people being you know loud and and not not kind i guess but people are that who are that passionate um and this is just me trying to put a positive spin on on you know this uh this conversation that they're having um people that are that passionate about it that they're that mad are probably going to buy it anyway and probably have a great time (laughs) i hope yeah you know Oh, you're making me spend less money. I hate you. <laughs> you know, they'll probably be happy with the product, even if they don't voice it. Exactly. Later. I, I... Uh, <laughs> be angry now, but enjoy it later. Yeah. yeah. I'm just happy for this because the other small thing, like we talked about, the camera thing is huge because I really hope that that's an added feature. It's not going to be a selling point, right, for the next Pokemon game. But for diehards or even people, maybe not you specifically, but people who are teetering on the edge of maybe picking up a pokemon game they're like oh they finally have a controllable camera i'm down to even just mess around with it and have a good time right who knows i just think it's a really cool small feature that they're working towards implementing into the franchise as a whole anywho that's it for the news and the topic let's talk about what we've been playing uh dom it's been a long break i didn't actually play half as many games as i wanted to but there's a couple things i want to talk about specifically working my way through outer worlds again kind of don't want to talk about until i'm complete with it so don't have much to say there uh, you you saw my tweet specifically. If anybody who's listening, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw it too. I I restarted Hollow Knight on my Xbox. Oh, so yeah. when I originally yeah, yeah. so when I originally played it, I played it on PC. Remember? Then I stopped playing it about six hours because I wanted to wait for the Switch version. Then the Switch version came out. I played about fifteen to twenty hours, and then I stopped playing it because of other video games. I'm currently ten hours in on Xbox. Um, just hammering You're crazy, away at dude. It. Yeah, I that, that says game, a lot that, about how good it must be and how much you like it if you're willing to start over a second, a third time. Well, think about the time gap in between, though. 
right? True. Like, I must have stopped playing Hollow Knight at the end of 2018, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think of when. Did it come to Switch last year or the year before? 2018, right? I think mm. is when it came to Switch. Yeah, Anyways, 2018, yep. Love that game. I've been listening to the soundtrack on Spotify. The Dirtmouth uh, OST soundtrack is so good. That music is so underrated. Uh, there's some characters I didn't meet the first time playing through or the second time playing through um, that I've ran into, which is pretty cool. And that world is so great. And it's actually pretty good timing for me to hop back in because we're hopefully, fingers crossed, getting Silk Song this year, right? So... Enjoying that. Uh, I want to so beat that good. game. It's, it, it's so good. I For me, I know we talk about people don't need to finish video games. Play whatever game and finish whenever you want to finish and move on or whatever. My personal feelings towards video games is if I really enjoy something, I want to pay the, cre- the creators enough credit to finish the game through. Because and this is something weird I do. <laughs> whenever I finish a game, I let the credits roll, right? I just... I don't ever skip the credits. I feel it's only right to let them I, I've roll. I've been doing and, that too. I like yeah. to look at the names. I, I'm going to forget them, you know, but I like to <laughs> yeah. see them. And uh, yeah, I, I've been doing that a lot. Lately. It's a very like unnecessary thing to do, but if you want to do it, enjoy art and entertainment however you want to, right? So Hollow Knight is such a good game. I feel that I'm doing it a disservice by not finishing it. Will I do like the completion stuff? Cause there's a lot to do in that game. Probably not. Uh, but who knows? I might become a madman. Man, but. definitely. I mean, I'll, I can only encourage you to finish it. Um, the final boss is 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 excellent. Like, it, I I won't spoil it for you, but definitely avoid avoid spoilers. Uh, not that you'd stumble upon them probably anyway. But what happens in that fight is like, it's really cool. That's all I'll say. The the environments are so varied and the enemies are so varied in that game. It's so good. Uh, one surprise in the game that I forgot about spoilers for this game this isn't a huge spoiler is the first time you come across a, uh, one of the worms in the jars that's actually like uh infected when you go like you save it and you walk up to it and then it turns into like a, a different like mantis type mm. creature mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's super cool because the whole game you're like saving these weird little worm things and getting your rewards from their father and then you walk up to this one and it just mutates into this horrid creature uh so far the hardest boss for me has there's two the spider, the weird like spider that shuffles around and shoots the orange acid in the air, like shuffles from left to right. Okay. I don't know if you remember that boss. And then the like weird owl sorcerer type floating one on the top of like the city roof. Yeah. Uh, shoots a lot those... of stuff, a lot of projectiles that go in circles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I haven't been in that one yet. I only tried it like twice and I was trying to actually get to uh, a stag beetle to get back to the top to buy stuff because I had a ton of souls. Or whatever they're called in the game. Souls, whatever. Uh, the other one, it took me a while because the one thing I didn't notice was that you're so focused on the... This is brilliant boss design. You're so focused on the orange projectiles coming up in the air and landing on you that you don't notice that its little arms on the side actually swing and hit you. So the first couple of fights, you're like, I didn't get hit by an orange thing. Why am I taking damage? And then you notice it has these weird little like nub arms <laughs> on each side that just like swipe every couple of seconds. And you're like, oh, that's what I was getting hit by. I'm an idiot. So I can I can wax poetic about that game. So great. Um, I actually am thinking about I want to do a video about like the top 10 platformers this gen because between Hollow Knight and Celeste and Cuphead and Ori, so many good ones, man. Um other than that, been playing some more NBA and sports games and stuff like that, which aren't too interesting. Uh, halfway or five episodes through Watchmen, two episodes through Witcher, enjoying both of them pretty uh, a lot. Uh, obviously finished Mandalorian, really enjoyed that. Uh, in terms of like the three Star Wars things that came out last year, I don't want to go into a whole review or whatever. Jedi Fallen Order is number one for me, then Mandalorian, then Rise of Skywalker. I enjoyed all three, but in that order it was like i really loved i really liked i liked (laughs) you know so Mm -hmm. uh that's it for that (sighs) anything else of note one episode away from finishing breaking bad dom i will finish it on monday that's when i'm watching one episode finale yeah so so you watched ozymandias yeah and that that episode's actually directed by ryan johnson yeah a couple of them are but that one yeah um oh man that episode is so good your eyes are just like 
cried the uh, fuck open through its entirety. Spoilers for people listening, skip 10 seconds. I had the moment of Walter telling uh, uh, Jesse about Jane. Oh. Spoiled for me by Barrett Courtney from Kind of Funny. <laughs> oh, dickhead. I mean, I'm sure it was an accident, but... <laughs> yeah. I, um, Yeah, that one, like, it just stabs you in the chest. You knew it happened, obviously. You knew what he did. Um, but it had been so long, and so when he just shoves that in Jesse's face, you're just like, oh. Yeah, you, so... Oh, you... My plan is to watch the finale on Monday, and then I'm going to watch El Camino probably, like, on Thursday or Friday. So we'll see. Um enjoying that show though obviously mm. I've, had, I've talked about what that show means to me yada 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 anyways what have you been playing man my heart is racing thinking about the final season <laughs> of breaking bad right now i gotta watch that shit again it's like that final season like it is like as enthralling like oh man i don't know um, i gotta i gotta i gotta set myself okay um a lot of star wars stuff uh saw rise of skywalker twice that was a really cool movie <laughs> Um, rank rank order. the three for me, uh, Mandalorian, uh, Rise of Skywalker, and Jedi Fallen Order. Where, where do you rank him in terms of the one you love the most and the one you loved the least? Because I know you liked uh, all three. Yeah, definitely Rise of Skywalker, um, and then um, Mandalorian, or no, and then Fallen Order, and then the Mandalorian. Okay. Um, so I guess the inverse of what you said. Well, no, no, not inverse, because I had JFO one, uh, Mandalorian two, Rise oh, of Skywalker okay, yeah. three. So it's like you took yeah. the bottom and put it on the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Fallen Order was oh, it was phenomenal. Um, so many – I could go on for it. I don't want to – I could spend a Save half it for a game of the year game. next week because we're going to be talking about yeah. our favorite games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just it, – it took so many parts of other games um, and did them all at least competently, but um, also told a great Star Wars story. Um and did all the Star Wars stuff really, really, really damn well. Um, so I enjoyed the hell out of that. Plus, uh, I'm, I'm, I really like Ian from Shameless, and he does a great job in this game, as well as the other characters. Uh, Mandalorian was a really cool show. A couple of the episodes in the middle, I was kind of like, cool, that was entertaining. And it was kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but it had great payoff at the end, and um, the, uh, Baby Yoda obviously is, is is an icon, and I love that. <laughs> Um, uh, Rise of Skywalker was kind of like to me like the uh, I, I'm not going to call it like the best Star Wars movie but it's probably the, like the ultimate it's like Star Wars movie it's like the most Star Wars-y of Star Wars um, for better and worse uh, but yeah so I, I had a great time it's the first time I've seen a movie in theaters twice since like Revenge of the Sith which I saw like three times which I'm going to go on record that is my favorite Star Wars movie I think People the last everywhere. movie I saw multiple times in theaters was Return of the King. Oh, nice, nice. I think still I saw it like four times. <laughs> still haven't seen uh, all the Lord of the Rings movies, but I bought them recently, so I'm oh, going to really? watch them, actually. Yeah, Got yeah. Don't, don't worry about the Hobbit films, but the Lord of the Rings movies that's, are some of the greats, man. Yeah, oh, so that's man. what I've been told. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of Star Wars content. Uh, oh, also, I'm uh, through the first two seasons of Rebels. In that show, I'm like, this shit is incredible. Um had a few things spoiled for me um just because i've been so wrapped up in in this world that i've been like reading a lot of uh, threads and forums and things and that i had some stuff spoiled for me which is a uh, bummer but it's still really cool uh so far the show is is way better than i would have expected rumors are i haven't watched it yet i'm excited too rumors are we're getting a sequel series to that an animated sequel series set on disney plus so mm, mm. yeah that should be cool i mean i that's how I ended up uh, spoiling some stuff uh, on the current show because obviously people are like, oh, I hope that, you know, this, this, this happens in Resolve. And I'm like, oh, thanks. It's an older show, so I don't totally blame people. But yeah. You played Days Gone too, right? Yep. So I, I'm probably 10 hours into it and it's it's so damn good. It's, it's, it's kind of like what I just described about Fallen Order where it takes a lot of things from other games and um, – actually does them better uh you know than fallen order it's it's uh, more polished uh and maybe maybe like some people had more problems when it first released because i know it had like they put out a lot of patches early on and stuff like that but um one funny thing about days gone was the intro cutscene. you could see what they were going for but then it it, it felt like I felt like I, I must have missed something like this didn't make any sense and this was that was corny and dumb and what what the hell's going on i must have like 
wasn't paying attention or something i don't know i'm like that that's not right um it felt like it was telling a half of a story and i was just like who who directed this nonsense this is stupid so i go and look it up on youtube and yep that was the intro cutscene to this game um and as the game goes along though it like builds on that um but when you first start the game you're like this is some low budget junk like by that intro cutscene like i was legit like is this real is that really what i'm going off of right now it was just like i i can't obviously explain it without spoiling like the whole game really but i just was like whoa um but like i said as as you get more throughout further through the game it um it justifies it and like kind of like you're like okay i see what they why they did that but when you first start you're like this is stupid as hell (laughs) hard to explain without getting into the details but but yeah that what uh the one thing i'll say that's impressed me the most because um if you remember the first uh gameplay reveals of that game like the larger hordes of zombies they they kind of look like you could just mow them down and they look like paper like they had no substance to them and it just that that it looked really dumb um when those first reveals came out but the actual gameplay is way more um intimate and intense and uh visceral it's much closer to the last of us in that like there only needs to be two or three uh, zombies to like be a serious, serious threat, and your ammo is really limited, um, and every kill feels so meaningful. Um, the exact opposite of what they conveyed in those first gameplay trailers, uh, which is weird. That was kind of my, I think a lot of people's first reaction was like, okay, that's that looks kind of way too arcadey, but the actual game is, is very different than that. Um, I'm really enjoying it so far, but... Uh, the only other thing I've been playing is a lot of Super Mario Party for the Switch. Super Mario Party, nice. That yeah. game, like, they put that game out to die. It's it's one of the few Nintendo Switch exclusives they haven't really updated or anything. There's actually, there yeah. actually been videos talking about it of how it's really weird that Nintendo never added maps or any, like, it's their like one of their only exclusives that never got any post-release uh, support. There are four boards and they're not that great um and that's it it could really nothing i can't think of a game that would better benefit from some dlc but yeah i mean at least they moved away from that weird like bowser car thing from the last mario party (laughs) at least it's like more like legitimate mario party it's just a shame that there's only four boards yeah yeah oh uh also watched uh the entirety of the witcher on netflix and uh was super super happy and, uh, I love all that. of the remixes to toss a coin to your Witcher. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Megaran did a did a remix to it too. It's really dope. Um, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to mention. So, so many things. It's been a so long time. that's that's it for this week's podcast, episode 173. Hopefully, you enjoyed the new format. I actually like being able to. It feels nice to close out the show with what you've been playing it's like a nice uh, um exhale you know because with the news and the topics and everything you want to be like very critical and and um on point and on topic in terms of how it relates to the industry and stuff and being able to end the show with like oh i watched or played this stuff it's just like a nice relief right so i enjoy the new format hopefully those who are listening and or watching enjoy it as well we'll have jordan back next week we're going to be talking about our favorite games of 2019 and crown the cumulative winner of uh i'm last year 2019 was was it god of war spider-man that ended up winning i think it was spider-man because we were different than uh most of the larger websites that picked god of war or and then the year before that 2018 was dark souls 3 Mm -hmm. and the year before that was i'm trying to think Hmm. that would have been 2017 yeah, what came out in 2017? If I saw the games, hold on, I'm going to do a quick Google real quick. Top games 2017. If I can look at them, I can kind of figure out. Mario came. Odyssey and Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah. So was it Odyssey yeah. or Breath of the Wild that won? It might have been Odyssey because I think uh, you and Jordan uh, uh, weren't crazy about Breath of the Wild, but all of us were like pretty into Odyssey. Yeah, I think it was – Breath of the Wild was like four for me. It was one for you. I think it was like mm-hmm. three or two for Jordan. But then Odyssey was like two or three for you. No, it was three because you had Horizon 2, I think. Horizon and then Zero Dawn. Odyssey was number one for me. There was also RE7. There was also Cuphead. Mm. There was also War Reigns Edith Finch, which me and you played in 2019 and both enjoyed. 
Remember we had that little playthrough of it? That was Wolfenstein 2 New Colossus. Oh, great That was game. a good year for games, man. That was a good year. Shit. Uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Uh, oh, I played that last week. Yeah. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, <Nice. laughs> I forgot. Uh, Hellblade, which I need to get to, came out. Oh. Uh, Sonic Mania. Shadow of War. Some good games. A lot of good games. Anyways, that's been it for this week's show. If you can, please follow us on Twitter at CTRLINT. That's controlled interest abbreviated. Follow me at Jared underscore. Follow Dom at Dom's Oreos on uh, iTunes. If you follow us there, leave us a review. It definitely helps us out. Move up in the dreaded iTunes algorithm. And uh, on YouTube, subscribe. Leave us a like on the podcast or any of our other videos if you enjoyed them. Hit the bell notification so you know when we upload a new video because the sub boxes are kind of unreliable. Um, and yeah, just for YouTube's sake, this video wasn't made for children, YouTube, so don't come at us with COPA. Uh, but anyways, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.